Hey, Top Fans, Bill from Top Fan Rivalry here again. Uh, got another clubhouse with my friend Guy, who we had on last year. He's a varsity coach in Arizona, and he's here to talk to us about some things that can help talented young players before they hit the bigs. Guy, thanks for joining us. Uh, thanks for having me. What a nice honor to be on again. And I know the hey. last time we spoke, we had a lot of fun, so looking forward to it. Hey, thank you so much. So, so before um, we spoke last time, we didn't get a chance to go through much of your bio. So tell those that are, are listening where you played, how you grew up, and and maybe when you stopped playing. Give us a little bit about you. Yeah, I, you know, I had a very non-traditional uh, childhood. And I say that in a way that, you know, I came from an immigrant family. Um, I have four older sisters, all born in Italy. My family immigrated to America, to Chicago. And I was born the next year. So I'm first generation. And um, I don't know how I even started playing baseball. And because I had such a late start, my parents being immigrants, didn't know what Little League was, didn't know really anything when it came to sports. And I think I was driving my sisters crazy. So my oldest sister just signed me up at the local park to play in a league. And uh, I haven't stopped playing. So I never, you know, I would think I would be a soccer player coming from Italy, but the reality of it is my dad thought I should quit baseball and go to work at the age of 16 and I was wasting my time. And, um, you know, but I, as soon as I started playing, I got the love for the game and worked really hard. I signed with Bradley University out of Gordon Tech High School in Chicago. Um, but I was fortunate enough to be drafted in 1988. I was a fourth round draft pick and I signed out of high school and uh, never played in college. Um, my career was pretty short. You know, I was one of those bonus babies that, you know, didn't make it as far as I should have and um, had some struggles. Uh, definitely the emotional, mental part of the game of being a professional player coming out of high school was you know, something that I wasn't quite ready for, I think, looking back now when I, you know, much older now. Um, so I had three years with the Reds, and then I went to spring training with Detroit Tigers the following year. And um, my career basically got cut short. I, I didn't get past that point. So um, that was basically it as far as my playing days. Um, I, I didn't think I'd get into coaching. And you know, I got a phone call and I was released to be an assistant coach at the JUCO level back in Chicago. I said, yeah, what the heck, I'll give it a shot. And I haven't stopped coaching since. So, you know, I love the game. I love being around it. I, it's part of me. It's in my blood. And, you know, I think I've been really blessed and fortunate to have a career in baseball as long as I Yeah, if you can... It's uh, maybe it was a blessing in disguise to not get as far as, as you thought and be able to take some of that talent and, and give it to some young players and teaching young players how to develop it, right? Uh, definitely. Um, I, I, I think the good Lord works in mysterious ways and players develop and go on to the next level and I've had a lot of kids drafted out of my programs in the past and even my 
my son and I were just talking about this. And in the 11 years, I think we have 13 Division One kids um, in the 11 years I've been at Cactus Shadow. So, you know, that's a pretty good run. Um, so, Great run. You know, I'm pretty excited about that. And hopefully I'll have a lot more. And as time progresses, we'll talk uh, in other interviews, we'll talk about some of those players that I'm familiar with that that have committed to schools already. Um, yeah. When it's, a, when it's appropriate to talk about it, right? Because I think some of them have, are not supposed to be talking about it just yet, right? Right, correct. That's right. We'll, we'll save that for another episode. So now you played in the 80s. I played in the 80s. Um, the game has changed drastically since you and I were were between the lines what what do you think how do you think the game's viewed or played differently today than it was when we played well analytics I think a big change from when we played um you know I think there's stats kept on everything and percentages are played more now than ever before um, not only but just in the training of, of our athletes we're taking advantage of some things now that we didn't have in the past however really good feel for the game and we're real athletic and a lot of things where I, I think now when we have all this new technology, from our kids, exit below arm strength, but they don't always have the feel for the game where I thought kids in the past had a little better feel. Um, yeah. I remember an uh, amount of pitches. I'm sorry. But go ahead. No, oh, go, go ahead. ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead. I, I was just, I was just, com I, I think that's one of the biggest differences. I think with technology analytics mm -hmm. came a little differently. And I, I think a lot of times they just lost that natural feel or sometimes that athleticism that we used to see in the past out of kids. You know, I remember being at, at Dodger Stadium a couple of years ago, and there's a the kid right out of Arizona, right by you, named Cody Bellinger. And he was in his his rookie season, and I saw him play. And he had a better understanding and better feeling for the game than what analytics can teach. And I was there with a colleague of mine, and he was he grew up in the Bronx, and he was just watching him and just mesmerized and said – this guy understands the game better than anybody on this field. And he did. He did. Now it's, I mean, you know, he was still trying to really prove himself then. So that's different, but yeah, I agree with you. I'm so, not necessarily saying it's a bad, but it's, it's just the difference that I see from the kids now from when I first started coaching. Yeah. It is. So speaking of coaching, as a coach, if I'm a if I'm a young player and I'm looking to play for you in, in high school or college or even professionally, 
as a coach, what do you really look for in a player? I mean, are you looking for the, the physical strength? Are you looking for the mental strength? Are you look, what, what are some characteristics as a coach that you're looking for in a player? Well, probably the first thing I look for is athleticism and, um, I not necessarily strength. You know, when kids come in as freshmen, you know, I don't know how big they're going to be by the time they're seniors. They really can control their body and they off the bat. Um, you know, the reality of it is most freshmen that come in aren't as athletic as you think. Come to tryouts, they they stick out. You know, it's really odd, but they're athletic. Eventually, if learn the game and play it at a pretty high level, so that's usually the first thing I look for. Um, the other thing I look for is what kind of motor do they have? Are they a high motor kid? You know, we, we've seen, and I've coached many of these players that have a ton of talent, but they're low motor kids, and they never seem to get, they never seem to reach their full potential. The team, those kids tend to mentally, I think, you know, progress nicely in the game. So those are probably the two big things I noticed right away out of kids. Um, then, of course, from that point, you're looking at what kind of skill, what kind of talent do they have? Do they have the arm strength? You know, do they have quick hands. They show a little pop with the bat. But again, you know, I, I think a lot of that develops. You know, you get the big freshmen that come in that kind of already hit puberty, and it's kind of obvious that they're big and strong and they're better than the other kids, but that doesn't necessarily mean they're going to be better than them in four years. And I've had a lot of kids, again, by the time they're seniors, they develop and play in college and sometimes they're my better players. Yeah. I love how you broke that down because it's, it is, it's more than just the physique and it's more than just, there are certain things in baseball you can just teach or you can fine tune, I should say. Right. But there's certain things that you can't. And I like how you broke that down. That was pretty awesome. <laughs> I wouldn't have thought to say it like that. That's why you're where you're at. I'm where I'm at. You know better than I do. Um, how do you think players uh, today, what do you think players could do to increase their abilities on the field today? First of all, I think there's a direct correlation to the amount of work you put in to how successful you're going to be. I don't think there's a secret about, you know, the time you put in, you should see results. Um, so you got to be a worker and whatever it is. You know, I, I try to tell kids this all the time, dedicate part of your day, even in the off season, to getting better at your game. Maybe it's not going to the field, but maybe it's going to the gym. 
you know, maybe it's watching film or maybe it's watching certain players or try to dedicate a part of your day every day to getting better. Um, and I think once they get in that mindset, it, it just becomes part of their routine. And uh, so the work ethic definitely has to be there. Um, so that's the first thing. Um, the other thing I think these kids have to be is really try to be a student of the game. Really try to learn as much as you can about what works for you individually. And some things won't work. You know, a lot of times, you know, even my players, you know, they, they get instructions from other coaches and, and I'm okay with that. But when, when they see me and I'm working with them and they're struggling, I'm like, you know, what's going on? You're not hitting the ball well, you're struggling with this. And well, this is what I'm working on with so-and-so. And I, I think kids, players have to be smart enough to realize sometimes things don't work for them. So it doesn't make sense to continue trying. Um, this is a great story. I, you know, coach Peter Borges in high school. And uh, when he was with the Angels after his rookie year, his second year, um, Rod Carew invited him down to uh, train with him in the offseason. And I always see Peter batting practice, of course, in training um, every year. And uh, like, hey, gee, I'm going to go with Rod Carew this weekend. But I, come Monday, I want you to throw to me because I want to work on whatever he's talking to me about. And, uh, you know, I, obviously, Rod Drew made some suggestions and Pete comes back and, you know, there were some differences in the swing. And I'm like, I'm going to try it for a week. If, if it works, if it's comfortable, I'm going to stick with it. And if it doesn't work, I'm going to go back to what I used to do. You know, this is a big league player. It's not like he's not established. And I think players today have to really have that kind of open mind. That, you know, not everybody's the same ability. Not everybody has the same body style. Not everybody, you know, has the same strength. So I think kids got to realize what are their strengths and how do you build on the strengths that they have. Um, and they do that by, again, putting in the time. They're going to do that by studying their swing, their throwing mechanics, pitching, whatever it is. And, just try to look at as many different players as possible and maybe get little pieces from each player and, and see if that'll work for you. Um, you know, I, the kids are really in tune with what they're doing. I think really are the ones that improve and have success and they can build on a good, strong foundation you know, just because they're doing their homework and they're putting it down. Yeah. You know, mentioning, I was just looking up something on Peter Borges as you were saying that. Mentioning being a student of the game, I think is huge. Because when you and I played, it was a different story. That's what we had to do to be successful, right? But now with all the technology, you mentioned this before, we could easily let the technology well, again, lead us. I'm sorry, what was that? Right. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree with you 100%. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it, you know, it, I go back to the World Series in 2020. Now, the right team won. I was very happy that the Dodgers won. But as a manager, if you had a choice, do you play, uh, pull Blake Snell at that point? Oh, that's the, that's the big question, right? <laughs> He's throwing one heck of a game. Do you pull him? Uh, no, no, I don't. And, 
that's the part of the analytics that I'm not a, I'm not a big fan of, <laughs> you know, if, if the numbers say, Hey, we should pull them statistically, he's going to get tired. We should pull them. But I think you got to see what kind of heart the guy has too. And, you know, if he's performing, you write him out as long as you can. Right. And at least that's what I think I would have done in that situation. But, you know, that's guys make their millions and I don't. So, well, as as Professor Yogi Berra once said, ninety percent of the game is half mental. When you're looking yeah. at that at that club, they look defeated, and then as soon as you pull Blake Snell, all of a sudden the Dodgers get life, and they score and they win the game, and it's over. And True. the season's over at that point. Why not take it for a run and let's see if we can't get another inning? So I I love the fact that you talk about being a student of the game, and it's. I think that's that's so often missed. And as a coach, I'm glad to hear you say that because I I hope that more coaches are teaching to become a student of the game more so than just rely on this little I it drives me nuts when I see iPads in the dugout, right? At the professional level. Because <laughs> you know what? Just talk to each other. That's what we did. Hey, you know, an O2 pitch, he threw me this. You know, you don't have to look oh. at film to do that. Hundred oh. percent right. So, anyways, the um, that's you're, you're you're touching on points that I'm just I'm so excited about. Um, so, besides from being a student of the game, what else do you tell players to focus on? So, like your guys specifically, do you tell your guys to focus in on during the season, off season, whatever it might be? You know, to make them better ball players. You know, during the season, it's, to me, and, and you wouldn't think it, it is this way, but it's been like this my whole career, is keeping the kids motivated where they're working to their maximum potential every day is probably one of my biggest challenges as a coach. You know, I, I want to have dynamic practices where the kids are getting a lot of work and a lot of movements, not a lot of standing around. Um, you know, you have to kind of keep them interested and motivated and working hard. Um, and that's that's during the season. And, and you may think, well, shoot, it's baseball. Why wouldn't they? Well, I think it's human nature to kind of slack off a little bit. I don't yes. care whether or not. It's just human nature. So if during the season we can keep them grinding it out and working hard and staying excited, um, I, I think that's a big obstacle as a head coach. So, you know, sometimes that's hard. You know, sometimes you got those last four or five guys in the team that don't get a lot of playing time and they get a little disgruntled and now they're not working as hard and it rubs off on the other players. And, you know, so that's always a big challenge. Um, in the off season, you want the kids to have a plan, um, whether it's something they're doing with their high school team, whether they have some kind of club team they're playing with. But as far as training, getting their body strong, hitting the gym, eating right, running, it's something you want them to do consistently throughout the year. And um, I think the kids who are really passionate about the game 
very easy to motivate those kind of kids that work throughout the year. Um, so those are the easy ones to touch. It's the ones that maybe are just in it for the fun and the camaraderie and they don't want to play past high school. <clears throat> you know, a lot of times those kids aren't quite as motivated in the off season, but there still has to be balance. They have a role on the team and, you know, quite honestly, they can make the team better. So, you know, ultimately, as long as the kids stay energetic, they love the game, they realize that it's not a grind, but it's fun. I think that's the big key. I think once players realize that, wow, this is a lot of hard work, it's kind of a grind. You know, I've seen a lot of kids gravitate away from the game, not because they were bad players, it's just, you know, they have other interests too. And sometimes those other interests kind of take over their love of the game. So well, there's, there's a lot, lot to that. But You're also talking about teenage boys too. And so teenage boys meet teenage girls and that will distract from the game just a little bit. Well, just a little. Just a I mean, we, we were all there, right? <laughs> okay. Guy, this has been so much fun. So last question I'm going to ask you. Um, so tell me, so you've talked about motivation and keeping things motivated. What would you tell a player to, with, with obvious exceptions, drugs, you know, things like that, but what would you tell a player to avoid? Um, you know, as a coach, what do you, is it, is there such thing as too much work? I mean, what would you tell them to avoid if they're, you know, what have you, know, you seen that's been concerning to you as a coach? That is a really good question. I'm glad you asked. Um, you know, I, I teach health. I'm a, as a teacher, I'm a health teacher and a PE teacher. And one of my units in mental, emotional health, we talk a lot about peer pressure. And, you know, we all admit that kids have peer pressure. And the reality of it is even adults have peer pressure. And the kid's like, well, what do you mean adults have peer pressure? Yeah, sure. There's peer pressure for adults too. Um, but, but the one thing, you know, my, my father, again, an immigrant from Italy, didn't speak a word of English. Italian was our first language. The thing that always sticks out in my mind about my father and his advice, and he, he'd always tell me, Gaetano, don't ever hang out with kids who are worse than you. Find friends who are smarter, more athletic. Come from good families, you know, always hang out with people better than you. So when I when I'm in my health class and we talk about peer pressure, I think positive peer pressure is just as powerful as negative peer pressure. So that advice would go not only to my health students, but even my athletes, right? If you hang around with kids who are positive influences part of positive role models they they want a future they want to work hard they you know they want to have a life beyond high school you know those are the kids you need to gravitate around and uh, that's one of the things i always try to instill with my teams you know what is what does it mean to not only be a great player but what does it mean to be a good citizen a, a good human being you know this game's going to take you as far as it takes you but once the game's over, you, you know, you have to be a great leader. You have to be a great father. You have to be a great husband. You, you got to be a great boss, whatever it is you're doing later in life. And I think the lessons we can learn 
on the field can really relate to that in kids' lives later on. So, um, you know, the, the advice I'd give to any kid is, again, you know, positive peer pressure. You know, there's a lot of distractions out there. But I, I think the other thing is, is coaches, you know, it's a powerful position. And, and kids, they, they see what we do as adults. And they how we, you know, communicate with others. They see how we talk to other people. Um, it's hard to fool a, a teenage boy. You know, you, you have to be authentic. You have to be genuine. So if, if I could lead my life in a positive way and lead with, you know, as a good example of these young kids, I know that they get out of high school and college and they end up being pretty good people. Um, and I, I think that's ultimately the goal is to raise men, right? We're trying to raise good men, whether they end up having a career in baseball or not. So Yeah, that, that's always special to me when, when the alums come back and you see they've really done well in their life. You know what? <clears throat> I am so grateful for what you just said because I, I would never have thought that and that is such a powerful, powerful message um, because we all know what it's like to have peer pressure. We never think of it from a positive perspective. Right. And that is... I, Thank you for that comment. I, that that is worth your weight in gold right there. I mean, that's something that you that was instilled in you from your father, obviously. But um, it's such a powerful message. So I I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Well, this has been another fun one, hasn't it? It always is. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So we're gonna have to do this at the end of your season uh, when we can make some announcements about the team and and where players are going and. And maybe we'll even talk. Rumor has it that you're a Cubs fan, right? Um, I, I am a Northsider. So. Yeah. I also hear that one of the parents on your team that you're close to is a White Sox fan. So maybe we'll have the two of you guys on and have a little battle for Chicago or something. That would be pretty fun. Absolutely. Did I hear that you guys got a Portillo's out there too by you? We, we have a Portillo's. Now that's obviously a Chicago establishment. Um, yeah. So it was great. They brought it out here, and we got a Lou Melnati's out here now, and White Castle is out here now. So, you, <laughs> so a lot of Chicago restaurants. Oh yeah. You, I was talking to one of your uh, your your uh, players' uh, dads one time, and he told me that you guys got a Portillo's out there, and he says, "I'm going to gain so much weight. It's so close." <laughs> like I can just go over any time you know what I, I it's hard to leave there without having the cake shake yes yes 5,000 calories just to shake alone but you're so good they're uh, um, awesome yes it is well top fans this has been another good one guy thank you so much for your time tonight and, and thank you for your insight I I hope that the the players, the coaches, the the fathers and mothers that might be listening to this, they've gotten something out of this. This is fantastic. So I appreciate well, thanks your time. for having me. For having me, and it's always fun as usual. So look forward to the next time we meet. Absolutely, and this will be up soon, Pop fans. Feel free to make any comments you like, or tell us uh, 
tell us what uh, your insights were. So we appreciate your time and, and good luck this season, coach. Good luck. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Appreciate it.